welcome to the Points League. I'm your host and commissioner, Sean Murphy. With me this evening from his lovely Bloomington, Indiana home is newcomer to the Points League, Trent McKee. Welcome, finally, to the league, Trent. Yeah, I feel like this is like the introductory press conference for when uh, a new owner takes over. I got to cast vision for my fans, promise a new stadium, promise I won't relocate the team, even though I'm looking at this roster and I might be relocating a few uh, a few players. But other than that, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Yeah, um, for those of you who don't know, probably been wondering, um, Trent's going to be replacing William uh, in the Fantasy Baseball League. Um, highly referred by Tim Byrne and I actually I, I can't quite remember but like how, how did you know Tim did you meet Tim at IU or like how did that relationship start well Sean first you gotta let me know it's like being referred by Tim like a good thing or a bad thing in this league do I have instant credibility or is everyone like yay uh I've seen how Tim gambles so <laughs> I know his picks are always bad so I just didn't know if everyone's like oh man fresh blood in the water or uh oh here comes a powerhouse I would say they're they're pretty comparable. Tim's gambling and his friend referring, so okay. Oh god, <laughs> so pretty well, volatile. We're in trouble here. Uh, well, Tim and I met actually. It was he met my wife. They worked together uh, in uh, at the Kelly School of Business. Um, man, now six years ago, seven years ago. Okay. And he asked her to be a part of a volleyball team, and they played Thursday night volleyball together, and that led to. Marissa, my wife, going, hey, there's this guy, Tim. I just moved to Bloomington, and it's like, this guy, Tim, you really like sports. You should talk to him. And so just like any straight white male, like we just started talking sports, and yep. it, it turned into a, a friendship and a, a gambling addiction that we just feed off each other in our uh, terrible picks. And now we're probably going to do this in fantasy, so it's all good. Yeah, no, I, I definitely have quite a few conversations with Tim about, uh, about the, the sports betting. But, um, so let's go back to the volleyball. Were you also on the volleyball yeah. team? You No? Absolutely not. No. Uh, one, it's not so much I wouldn't play. It's just that uh, if I'm on the same team as my wife, I don't think I'd be married very long. We tried <laughs> when we were, like, dating and, like, yeah. actually still, you know, all the butterflies and feelings. So we overlooked a lot of our angst towards each other. But we decided at that point we're not going to do anything together. And that's uh, led me to... I think I went to one of their volleyball games, and uh, they were not good. So I just was <laughs> like, I'm not going to be a part of this team, and uh, I'll just stay home and drink beer on Thursday nights instead. That works. And uh, yeah. who's uh, who's that in back of you? Yeah, I got a, uh, two dogs. This is Ollie. Um, he's the bigger dog. Tim's best friend. Uh, oh, yeah. I think Ollie likes Tim more. Tim moved to Indianapolis, so... Doesn't yep. watch Ollie as much, uh, and Ollie's pretty sad about it. But yeah, this Ollie likes to be in the office whenever anyone's in here. Yeah, I'm super excited for Tim to be moving up to India. I think he's gonna have a really good time. I, the The place that he uh, he got is not far from where my wife and I lived um, for almost ten years. Um, so hopefully he enjoys Mass Ave, and we'll be there um, in March for the auction. And you'll be coming up from Little Five. The qualifications, qualities, as the kids call it nowadays. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's exciting. Like, and, and obviously, you don't you know you don't need to spend five minutes on it. But like, how did you get involved in that? Like, it it seems like something that that a lot of us remember from participating in in some capacity. 
Do you remember it? Pertur- like that's the question that right. I was asking. Like, do you remember Low Five Under Weekend? I so, so. The, the story that I'll remember and, and you'll meet. So our Adam, who's in the league, um, he was actually the first rider in our fraternities in like twenty years um, to yeah. ride Little Five. So he was part of the you know qualified um, the the fraternity, and, and I lived with Adam that year. So I remember all those guys coming over like twice a week and you know, biking and a stationary and never really inspired me, never really cared about Lance Armstrong, never really got into it, but you know, obviously Little Five was a great weekend that I used okay, so. so Sean hates cures for cancer. Got it. <laughs> no, I, I it's amazing. Um I I'm not a cyclist. Like I this isn't a video podcast, right? I don't I don't think so. If it didn't no, it's not. So no one could see me to know that I'm not a cyclist, uh tell it off. And I I think that it, they, I tell cyclists this all the time, uh, our men and women that ride in the race, they, they're crazy. They have a screw loose, like to be able to put themselves out there and to do that much training, a lot of them seniors, like they don't like the ones that are real serious about it. I don't know about you, Adam, but like the ones that are real serious about it, like are, they don't drink, they don't, they don't party, they don't do anything. And they go out there for the glory of just uh, being able to try to win. And it's amazing to me. And and to be honest, it's it's one of those cornerstone traditions at Indiana University that I'm pretty lucky to be in charge of and kind of overseeing. And so uh, I've only I had only been to one race before I uh, took over the job. Um, And so that's really given me a lot of outsider perspective and hopefully uh, improvement to the race and and stuff like that. So it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's different than what I was doing before, which was working at the Kelly school as uh, a student life, uh, student activities type role. Um, and this has just been, uh, it, it's, it's fun to tap into like my sports world and apply it to something that's yeah. such a unique tradition like this. Yeah, that's really cool. And before we got on, you mentioned that you'll be, uh, you'll be moving up to, to Ann Arbor, um, yeah. Michigan. Do they have anything what, like, what is the similar, like, event that they have at Michigan? Well, I mean, that's a – I've been telling a lot of sponsors and stuff that we've been selling the Little 500 to is, like, the Little 500 is uniquely Hoosier. Like, there's nothing like this in the country that uh, – yeah, there's party weekends. And, you know, like, my undergrad, I went to Kansas State University for undergrad, and they have a thing called Fake Patty's Day, and they close down the bar district um, – a middle March day that's not spring break and they just it's it's all fake it's St. Patrick's Day and it's everything's green and the whole thing like we have that like at, at our school but like this an organized school event that's competitive is there Michigan doesn't really have anything that's that I know of yet I mean we this is all new uh to us but that's equivalent to something this big and that people care about I mean they're like good at football so like that is yeah, pretty a, good about. you know an organized school activity that IU lacks from, but other than that, yeah, it's a uh, it's such a unique thing. It's hard to compare. And what and honestly, I I'm not going yet. Like my wife's going, and I've got to apply eventually to move up there. But to try to tell people on a resume what the little 500 is is a yeah. very impossible task. So but trying to do my best. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, you mentioned. Uh, you know, growing up in, did you grow up in Kansas City or like kind of nearby? Okay. 
like suburbs like yeah. i say I, it's like chicago thing right like people are like oh i'm from chicago like tim's like i'm from chicago no i'm just kidding he he will he will own hammond and yeah know, hardcore but uh like i'm from kansas city i actually grew up in olathe kansas which is right outside okay of kansas city yeah Gotcha. And I will actually be headed not too far from there next week. Um, so my wife is originally from Nebraska, but her parents just moved to Hillsboro, uh, Kansas. Um, so I'll be okay. traveling there next week or this weekend. And uh, yeah, so I've spent like a little bit of time in, in Wichita as well as Kansas City. And Kansas City is actually kind of an underrated city in my mind. Like I think it's a really like a really fun town. Um, obviously Boulevard, um, and then the, the downtown, um, you know, barbecue and all that stuff, all the, you're going to Hillsboro, Kansas. Yeah. Tiny, tiny town. Um, I know I, so I used to coach, uh, a little bit about me and I used to coach college soccer and, uh, they play Tabor. That's where my wife went for undergrad. Wow. Yeah. It's a small world. Like, yeah. There's not a lot. I would not expect to be on this podcast <laughs> talking fancy baseball somebody that's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Hillsboro in the next couple of weeks from yep. Canada. Yep. Uh, yeah. That's well, fun. living in Canada now, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's um, yeah, small towns. Like, so she grew up in, in Henderson, Nebraska, which is even smaller than Hillsboro. Um, but her sister, uh, she met her husband. Uh, and actually, my wife played college soccer at Tabor. Um, but, uh, her brother-in-law played basketball at Tabor and they just set, kind of settled there. Um, and so then her parents moved there. So like, that's where we're basically doing our Christmas. Um, so exciting times. It's a yeah. super small town and everything I feel like kind of revolves so around <laughs> that university. I can't describe to the people on this podcast as small Hillsboro. And to get there oh, and yeah. just the barren wasteland to yes. get there is is incredible so hats off to you i think you're flying into kansas city their brand new airport uh so i'm actually flying into we're spending like a day or two in wichita with some of her friends okay. um and then we're driving there but yeah it's um i bet yeah I've, and her other sister lives in the kansas city area so like i've spent some time there and yeah i kind of wish we were going to kansas city like that would probably be yeah. my preference but i mean I go. No, my wife's from which my wife's from Wichita, so yeah, uh, we get out of going to Wichita every year because my wife doesn't like to spend a thousand dollars to fly into a place. So yeah, no, it is an expensive airport because it's hard. It's so hard to find flights in there. Yeah. Like we, she, so before they killed the flight, my wife, we would we actually were, would drive down to Cincinnati, see my mom for like a night or two, and then she would fly out to Wichita um, to see some of her friends because she has a bunch of friends that that now live there but um but yeah no it, it's wild when tim was like kind of telling me a little bit about you was like i got some ties to kansas like yeah yeah that's no, crazy kind of out of nowhere despite growing up and spending practically my entire life in ohio and indiana um yeah well my i mean just even smaller world like my brother's wife's sister so not technically my sister-in-law my brother's sister-in-law uh her and her husband live in uh hillsborough so wow yeah yeah, that is world. that's fucking wild. Um, yeah. So tell us a little bit about your, I guess, it's not natural segue into your Kansas City fandom. I had a, a question for you, but you know, it's been a pretty good decade when you consider everything with Kansas City in terms of sports between the Royals winning, you know, 
six or seven years ago, and then yeah. obviously the Chiefs have won a couple of Super Bowls. Like, yeah. And I feel like that wasn't the case when you were growing up, because like, I, and no. I, I feel like it was actually probably somewhat similar to growing up in Cincinnati, where your teams were relatively irrelevant. I think the Chiefs have been a little better over time, uh, but like, the Royals have been awful for the most part. Yeah, yeah. That, that needless to say, I remember. In 2003, right, Tony Pena was our manager, and uh, he's like, you know, it's thick accent. He's like, you got to believe, and we started the season like 19 and three or something, something ridiculous. I remember we we started like the 10 and one, and Ken Harvey, fat Ken Harvey, hitting a walk off home run against the Tigers. Uh, and I knew where I still remember where I was, and I used to listen. I love baseball on the radio, so like listen to yeah. baseball on the radio, uh, and all that type of stuff. And that was my high point as a fan. Uh, Cause even Beltron's, uh, Sweet Mike Sweeney, Jermaine Dye, wow. like that team and giant Damon, like that team was loaded and they just, their pitching was God awful and they couldn't do anything. Like we had like Chris George on the mound, Chad Durbin, like these just bums just uh, doing that. And so we gave all of our money to Mike Sweeney and he got off steroids, and it just all went to hell, and he's up there waving his sword at the ball, the only legitimate hitter. And then, uh, yeah, when 2000, I think it was 2006, uh, when they fired Allard Baird, and uh, we got Dayton Moore, which was such a big deal at the time because he was an Atlanta Braves yeah. guy, and um, uh, I and Dayton we trust. Like, we were, like, super pumped. Pitching is the currency of baseball. That's what he said in the introductory press conference. And we're just like, fuck yeah, we're like gonna win. And it took nine years uh, to have a winning record. Uh, but hey, That's once commitment. we had it, we were we were there, right? And yep. we uh, we did some good things uh, for those uh, two or three seasons uh, was positive. And then it's we've been in the cellar since. But I do feel like we somewhat traded our soul for Patrick Mahomes, and as a as a city mm-hmm. and a fandom. So it was uh, it's been tough to. Uh, watch the Royals decline severely, um, but uh, it's been great uh, with Patrick, rise of Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, we talked about Tim earlier. Our friendship is very much rooted in that the Bears passed yep. uh, on uh, Patrick Mahomes to take Mitch Trubisky. So, you know, it's very much rooted in that, and uh, it, it, good things came out of it and all around. I remember the jersey he bought. He was wearing that Mitch Trubisky yes. jersey around. So much pride. He's going to save yep. the franchise, and... Or on the Justin I remember Hills where now. I was in Thanksgiving weekend. It was maybe it was Christmas weekend, so maybe I don't know timelines. But when Mahomes counted on his fingers, uh, when the pick down and sent a text to him, it's like, how does that feel? You know that type of thing. So, oh. but it's all right. The Royals are back. The Chiefs might suck now again, and uh, the the Royals are going to be back this year, AL Central champions, which I'm I'm pretty pumped about. You think so? So it's funny because, like, Rob was kind of, you know, taking a swipe at the Royals, but they actually have had quite yeah. a few fantasy-relevant players. And I was actually really surprised when I looked at the record how poor they did last season, given some of the quality of those players. Um, what is your uh, kind of your source of, of optimism in addition to, to Will Smith signing as a free agent? Uh, well, well, we're getting transactional. Right? <laughs> we're, getting you know, we're, we're trading Jackson Coar for a bucket of balls. Yeah. And that's more than we've been doing for the last 10 years. Because 
I mean, we had very much a, a, a general manager that literally wouldn't draft people because they looked at pornography, um, <laughs> like a literal quote from him. Uh, and they just like every player we trade for drafted Tom Allen. If we have IU football fans, like mega church pastor type guys, like we just need godly men and God's going to bless us. And it worked out in 2014, 2015. God was in a good mood and really did show favor to date. Um, and now we actually, you know, sign uh, uh, players that have domestic abuse in the background. So, like, we're in the big leagues now. Like, and this is, <laughs> I feel like, is is where we're going to take some shady characters and uh, we're going to be in a position to do some good things. But as long as Cole Reagan's arm doesn't blow up, which everyone's just holding their breath for, uh, I think we're in good position. In the real talk, I don't think we'll win the AL Central, but I do think we'll be better yeah. this year. I will take the over on their wins total. Yeah, I feel like the Royals are kind of kind of similar to the Reds this past year, where they kind of punched above their weight with some of the young players that they've had come up. I will say that I think Cole Raggins is probably going to be the, uh, the one of the trendy hipster pitching pit, starting pitching picks across the fantasy community this offseason. Um, he's getting really juiced up. Um, I... I I'll be curious to see if he gets dealt in our league, um, but uh, yeah, no, he's uh, he's definitely someone that uh, that catches catches the eye with the stuff and and, and then strikeouts. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think the Royals will have you know we have Vinny P back. Um, there's just a, there's a lot yeah. there um, to like. What I was gonna ask you to kind of take it back to the to the Chiefs conversation, but also kind of blend in the Royals. If you could only keep one. Between the Royals winning World Series or the Chiefs multiple Super Bowls, what would you keep? And you have to get rid of the other one. Oh man, that's that's a great question. Uh, I love so like my adult life. I love football. Like I was my I wasn't really that into football when I was growing up, and now I'm like super into it. Um, gambling, big reason why. Uh, but I. So that's really hard for me because the the World Series thing, you know, in full confession, when we won in 2015, it was like a weight that came off my shoulders. And I actually didn't pay attention as much after after they had won. Yeah. You are, we were joking about this earlier, you're conditioned as a Royals fan on prospects. Yeah. Like... I, it's all I cared about. Yep. I did not fantasy. This whole like winter meetings, winter meetings was just a time to sign into myleaguebaseball.com and like look up my like who's at what's going on in Puerto Rico and the Mexican leagues. Like that's that's really all it was. And so when they won, it was like this culmination of like because if you remember right in 2012, 13, they had the number one farm system. Yep. And there was like all these guys. Hosmer, Moustakis, um, Hosmer, Perez, yeah. uh, Will Smith, uh, uh, or not, Will Myers. Will Myers. Will Myers, yep. We just Will Myers was like the number one guy that we traded uh, down to Tampa. Like in um, uh, Mike Montgomery. Yeah. Like, like we had a whole, every starter was projected to be like a star and every pitcher was supposed to be a star. So anyways, I, I was so pumped when that happened it was like this release and then as in baseball as you know especially small market team like we knew we weren't keeping any of those guys they all came up at the same time yep it was a problem 
And so I would think I would keep the Chiefs Super Bowls because you have like I have like a 15 year run with this guy named Patrick Mahomes yep. that we're legitimately gonna always be in it. Where the Royals, where it was one championship, they're like done for probably. I mean, the Royals do bad baseball management in an art form. Um, where we will get good every once in a while, then we'll go 30 years without doing anything. Yeah. And so it's it's one of those. I I, I don't know if I can wait till the next 30. Uh, I would just take Chiefs. Yeah, makes sense. Probably what I would go with as well. Like it seems like, I mean, it it, it feels like such a long time ago that the Royals were that good because it was basically like two and a half seasons where they were like a legitimate like top five club in baseball, and then. Just Sean, over. they weren't that good. Like, like that's the thing that I look back at it. Like, Lorenzo Cain was Solid. the best player yeah. on their team. Yeah. Like, look at what Hosmer did after, what Mike Moustakis has done after. Like, I don't quite understand. I mean, they won because the Yankees and the Red Sox and all these guys, like, they were trying to get under the luxury tax and they were trying to, you know, do it the right way or whatever. And so we were like in this position where we wanted time. And I used to be super defensive about that. Like, uh, it's not Joe, Joe Sheehan, uh, some writer for mm. one of the publications. He, he was said that the Royals are the worst team ever to win the world series. And I used to get like super defensive. Yeah. And now like, you can't look at the last five years of Dayton more and what the Royals roster is now and the way they try to build a roster and not look at it and be like, oh, yeah, they are the worst team that's ever won the World Series, and that's okay. Like, I'm mad about it, but they are they were god-awful. Like, look at Salvi. You had Salvi on your roster. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's, those guys all peaked really young, and they weren't, like, like big superstars to begin with. It just seemed like it was kind of the the – like really the aggregate of all those players collectively. Um, and then also yeah. having, you know, the AL kind of down in the moment as you were talking about, but like, I, re- I remember the big point of emphasis was the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to give him credit because we didn't, none of those guys looked at pornography and we were, we were safe. It was good. <laughs> I just remember the big thing about those teams was they put the ball in play, um, which was like yes. kind of weird because, we were absolutely in like a three true outcomes era yeah. of, of baseball. And it's like, I mean, they do put the ball to play. I mean, Salvador Perez, like, you know, pretty much either. I mean, he's one of the best contact hitters in baseball. I mean, his strikeout rates gone up, yeah. but that didn't used to be the I case. Mean, oh, I like, I, I'm, uh, it was it sorry if there's Astro fans in here, but I mean that, and even the Blue Jays games, like, but the Astros ones in the, the year they won the World Series, where they had like nine straight singles, mm-hmm. and that's how they came back and beat. Like, because you're exactly right. Like they they hit for because they don't walk. The Royals have the worst like walk percentage of any franchise in the history of baseball because they're just. And I I, I that sounds like I'm being hyper, hyperbolic, but I I think that's actually legitimately the case. Like they do not draft guys that walk. When I when I joked in the group meet, it was like I just need guys that look good, get off the bus, and they're fast and they you know don't walk and they they can't hit it out of the park. But I seriously think that was the roster building of the Royals in the Dave Moore era. And, and eventually everyone kind of caught up with it and was like, you know, if this is a little white ball, if we just put it over the fence, like we're going to win some ball games. And the Royals are like, 
Yeah, but can you play defense? Uh, so yeah, they were really good defensively. It, it just, it gotta, yeah. yeah. We were we were elite, and Kauffman Stadium is built for elite it's defense. Huge. It's a big it's ballpark. Down. One of the few ballparks that I haven't been to, but um, I, I just know the K suppresses home runs. So, um, it does. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Um, but don't worry. We put MJ Melendez out in the outfield. He yes. doesn't even know where like balls are coming off the bat, so it's all good. I was looking him up. I, I don't know if he actually has catcher eligibility because if, if he still has catcher eligibility, he has quite a bit of value. If he's outfield only, he's practically worthless in our league. So Worthless. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't really care about the fielding. In fact, I don't want them to run. Like I just want them to hit. Like That's the biggest yes. thing. Yeah. You run, you get hurt. Never hustle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So... We've been and, and we've been going over um, just some of the rules and and uh, Trent's roster. Um, so if you want to engage him in pre-January first conversations about different players, if you want to talk about Jordan Alvarez, speaking of the Astros, um, I think he's he's prepared to take on those questions um, or at least uh, you know have a conversation with you about it. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's good to have you in the league, and you've got uh, you're you know as we were talking about, you're right in the middle. Um, you've got about half as much money as Rob Crab, but you've got you know three hundred dollars more than Tom Kaiser. Um, so a lot of decisions to be made on your end. I'm sure this roster will be completely overhauled by the time we get to March, uh, but. Really, really good to have you in the league. Um, since we've been chatting um, and since we just went over it, have you any other questions? Um, yeah, I, I have a game for you, Sean, that I, I need you to do for me. A game? Like, uh, Perfect. You, yeah, if you've ever seen the OG Ted Lasso skit, the one that NBC put out for the yes. Premier League. Yeah, with like, the Spurs. Chef. Oh, go yeah. ahead. It was, it was way, it, the skit. Even before that. Like a short clip. Okay. Way better than the actual show, like uh, in my opinion. But having said that, I need you to compare your teams here, and we have you know in order here: Crab, Adam, BJ, Jack, Gower. I need to know what they are in compared to major league franchises. So oh, like, okay, I can do the same. So like the strategy, yeah, like you know, championships one. Yeah. You know. Okay. Skates like all perfect. This, yeah, this is a game I can play. So, yeah, we'll yeah. start at the top. So, Rob Rob has one title. Um, Rob is kind of the, the try-hard kid of the league. Um, I would you're going to have to give me full. You're just saying Rob, but I'm not saying Crab. Rob Crab. So, I use them okay. interchangeably. Sorry about that. Yeah, so okay. Crabby, Crab, yeah. Rob Crab, uh, Bob Got Crab. It. There's a lot of different names. Uh, Micropenis um, was one on the okay. group me. Um, yeah. But uh, so so Rob's won one championship. He's been in the playoffs a couple of times. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. Like you know, we were just talking about the Royals a moment ago. He's kind of in that realm where he's won somewhat recently. Um, in fact, he may have won it the year that the Royals won it. Um, you know, he's he's been around a little while. Um, I would say I would say Rob's kind of might might be like uh, modern Royals. Um, okay. So, but he's going to, he's going to try hard. He's going to have a lot to say. Um, and he, he can be, he can be tough. He's a, he's a tough team to play. Um, I would say Adam, Adam has no titles. 
Um, he's been in the playoffs maybe twice in the past 12 years. Um, I would say that Adam is probably the Pirates. The Colorado Rockies. Ooh, oh, the Pirates, the, okay. The, yeah, I mean, there's not much... The Rockies isn't a bad isn't a bad choice, um, if we're being honest. But yeah, I would say I would say the Pirates are Adam. Um, nothing recently, you know. Had a taste of the playoffs a few years ago, but you know, for the most part, it's been a laughing stock in the league. Um, VJ has been to the finals. He made the playoffs not this year, but he did the year before. Um, Maybe the Mariners, um, and he's got Julio Rodriguez, so I guess that one kind of makes sense. Um, he's generally got some some studs, um, but never quite makes the playoffs. Like kind of a, a consummate disappointment from that perspective. Um, can be pretty challenging to trade with. Um, is uh, is generally what people say around the league. Um, he's got a little bit more tricky about this, or kind of like like he's become kind of a real hard ass. Um, with his ass, so that's something to know about VJ. VJ's the one that um, also is in Ann Arbor. Um, so, so yeah, but good guy, um, but but just hasn't quite figured out how to win continuous continually yet. Uh, Jack, Jack's kind of in a similar vein. He's been in the playoffs a couple times. Jack is uh, from Chicago, um, and I think Jack might be your Rockies. Um, he's usually yeah. got some fun players. Um, the issue that he usually, I feel like he has when he has like a team that's kind of in a go-for-it mode is they just get hurt. Um, like I feel like he's had a lot of bad luck um, over the course of the years. Um, but he's, the, he's always willing to make a deal, always w- willing to talk. Um, so yeah, that I would say I would say the Rockies for Jack, uh, Gower Gower's uh, from St. Louis lives in St. Louis. Um, I would say that Gower's team, or I'm and I'm not saying Johnny's team. So he assumed Johnny's team, but I'm gonna say Gower's years in the league um, would be. Baltimore Orioles, um, kind of has has kind of been a struggle, um, with the exception of one year, um, but you know trying to turn things around. Um, but yeah, I would say I would say the Orioles for the most part. Um, he had one year where he had, it looked like he might he might win it all, um, and then just kind of didn't work out in in the semifinals. It was like a really high scoring matchup, if I recall. Um, and then he took the L. Uh, the next one is you. So we'll skip you for the moment. You're the expansion team. Yeah. Um, it'd be like the, the Las, Las Vegas athletics, I guess, at this point. Yeah. Um, Tim. Tim has no titles. Um, he tends to make a lot of trades, makes a lot of moves. Very splashy. Big mouth. Um, so because he's... He's <laughs> the New York Nets. Ooh, that's kind of a good one. Uh, I was going to say he would be like Cubs prior to them winning the World Series. Um, but they didn't like trade as much. Like they, I don't know. It, it, it's got to be a team that spends a lot of money because that's the version of your all stuff. That, that, that's, that's true. Win. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I the Mets would make 
Mets would make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, let's go with that. Uh, Vandy. Uh, you know, it's funny. The, the We always use a football reference with Vandy, um, that he's like the Buffalo Bills because he makes oh. to the finals and then loses. Um, oh, so he's... He's kind of the consummate heartbreak kid of the league. Okay. Um, the Red Sox before yes. 2003. Yeah, very similar. Um, and, and this past season was uh, no different. He was the odds-on favorite. Um, from I, I do projections every year at the end of the draft. Um, and uh, I, I thought he was slam dunk, going to win. We probably didn't even really need to play the season out. And, uh, Good thing we did. Yeah, and we had he had a bunch of injuries, had some really poor performances from some pitchers that I thought would do a lot better. He ended up finishing in fourth, um, and that was after starting like one and three or one and four. So, uh, but yeah, usually the Bills is what we compare him to, um, or like the '90s Braves minus that one championship because um, they were making the World Series a lot. Yep. Um, so. Uh, Andrew Habby is the next one. He's from Evansville. He's the other Cardinals fan in the league. He is second on the profit chart. He's the reigning winner of this league. Um, for me, Habby is, um, he's probably, he's probably the Cardinals for being honest about it. Like just, just. Habby and I are not going to get along. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's gonna be fun. For, for you, because you're on the other side of that rivalry, because, I mean, most they mostly talk about, like, Cubs-Cardinals, but, but that yeah, is the other rivalry. Yeah, Cardinals don't consider us a rival. They just take over our stadium. Yeah, uh, you're a little... Years, so. You're, you're kind of... You're not even, like, little brother. You're kind of, like, the cousin that they kind of talk about yeah. occasionally. You know, I don't know if a lot of people, like, modern day know about this, but in, when, when was the expansion? Like, 94, 95? Like, right after the strike? Yeah. Like, when yeah. the Brewers came in? Uh, well, they, oh, not the Brewers. Who it was the Rays? The Rock, and... the Rockies, and the Marlins. Or are you talking about after that? Because the Rays came in yeah, after that as well. But it was all in that kind of like point, period. Yeah, there was a point where the Major League Baseball offered the Royals to go into the AL or the NL Central with Cardinals and Cubs and all them, and then the Brewers would go into the AL Central, and the Royals didn't do it. And I have no idea why, because it would have been amazing to have St. That would have been that would have been a good division. Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we would have we would have lost just as much as the Brewers did for a number of years. Fair, but like, you're at least there. Where now are like division rivals are like the White Sox, the Twins, the Tigers. Like they're it's hard to they're not close uh, from proximity. So. Um, big big miss by Royals management. Uh, thank you, Ewing Kaufman, uh, for uh, not doing that and then dying shortly after. And then the Walmart guy, Glass, took over. So it was it was a rough time. It was all good. Fun times. Um, so Andrews, the Cardinals. Uh, I am next on this. Uh, and I, I'm sorry, everyone. I'm the one that wears the pinstripes around here. Um, I'm definitely the Yankees. Um, we've had, I've actually had this conversation before with, with, uh, Vandy and Crab. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm the Yankees. Everyone hates it when I win. Everyone hates it when I talk. Everyone hates it when I'm on group me. I get a lot of shit thrown at me for a variety of reasons, but, um, what can I say? I'm better than everyone. So just how it goes. Um, Matthew, um, 
Matt has made the playoffs a couple times. Uh, he's kind of in the same vein as Jack. Um, he's kind of right on the cusp. Uh, I would say that that he's kind of like I, I'll go Brewers. Um, I think Matt makes actually pretty good decisions, um, especially recently. Um, just hasn't quite gotten beyond um, you know into that championship formation. So I'll say that he's historically the Brewers. And Kaiser, Kaiser is, uh, has also won a title. He came in, he was in the playoffs last year. He's generally one of the better teams in the league, in my opinion. Um, I would say he is the Dodgers. Um, he's, he, I, I think he makes really smart decisions. Um, uh, doesn't always work out, but generally is one of the better teams in the league. Um, Dude, he has Jordan Lyles on his team. That, like... Almost loses all credibility for me. Any sort of money towards Jordan Miles. I so free agent big up. I I can't imagine he will be on that team, but uh, I mean he's got Shohei, he's got Pablo Lopez, he's got Luis Castillo, he's got Logan Webb, he drafted Jose Ramirez, Joe Ryan, Freddie Peralta. I mean he's got some he's got some dudes on this team, um, and he continues to deny me Austin Riley. So. Um, we'll see. He's got his word work cut out for him after taking a loss in the semis against me last year. Um, but yeah, no, Tom's, Tom's one of the better teams in the league. Um, so that's, uh, that's my synopsis of, uh, yeah. of the league as a whole. Um, excellent question for you. Um, I was, I actually have a couple of questions for you that are just kind of all over the place. Um, yeah, let's do it. so I'm going to, I'm going to shoot them at you. Um, so I have been watching, so I'm a big fan of the Tudors and just Henry the eighth okay. in general. Um, yeah. but I've been watching Wolf Hall recently. They only did one season. And as you may or may not know, uh, there's a lot of public executions, um, during this time period, um, particularly his wives. Um, so I was going to ask you. Which of these public executions would you choose for your death? Uh, yeah. Burned at the stake, beheading, stoned to death, or hung? I think beheading, to be honest with you. A um, couple of reasons why. Uh, first of all, it's quicker than the other three, that, in my opinion, that you had. And two, there's a theory behind it that you actually, your brain is alive for a little bit after it happens and so your head is decapitated and you look up at your dismembered body and like if i'm gonna have to go out at least like let's just go out with something like kind of freaky so i think that's where i'm gonna go nice i would yeah i would also go with beheading um second one this is a little bit more contemporary maybe a little bit more fun so are you familiar with the nickelodeon viewing of the nfl Yes, with the slime time. Yes. Okay. So here's my question to you. Would you agree to receive $5,000 every August for the rest of your life, but you could only permanently watch football in the Nickelodeon form? Uh, and I, I take it your caveats here is sound has to be on. Yeah, you would have the sound. You would just, like, if you were watching college football or the NFL – no matter what television you're watching or if you were at the game, it would just 
come into you as the Nickelodeon version? Uh, with Noah Eagle? Say that again? I mean, I'm getting Noah Eagle. I need uh, the announcer guy who... Oh, no, Ian, who's that? Ian Eagle? Eagle? Uh, Noah, yeah, Ian Eagle's son. That sounds exactly like him. Is he my announcer? Is it somebody new? If it's if it's Colin Jack Collinsworth, I'd rather die. Uh, so if it's uh, Eagle, I I would do it. I I, okay. I really like him, and it was interesting. Now if it was the Pixar thing that they did for the uh, London Games, uh-huh. where they like did that, I would not do that. You would not you would not take the five k every August. I, I would not take five k for the Pixar, but the Nickelodeon one, you can get through it. I don't like kids, but like it's still fine. Yep. So. Okay. All right. I was trying to figure out the dollar amount because I wanted it to be like yeah. something notable, but I didn't want it to be too much. Where it's just like I'm just gonna take the money and you know the hell with this. So like. Well, I mean, the thing is, is like gambling's gambling, so I can still gamble on the games I'm watching yes. as Nickelodeon. So like, you're just giving me free cash to make bankroll with Bartlett and yeah. make that five thousand dollars even more. So I'm totally fine with that. Sweet. Uh. Let's see here. We'll go back to uh, to LA. Uh, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes, we watch it every Christmas in our house. I agree. Some people will go to the go to their death because it came out in July, but I think it's a Christmas movie. Uh, it it takes place um, during Christmas. Yeah, it's Christmas. People have the right to be wrong. Fine. <laughs> uh, and then my final question is best. And or worst memory of Tim Byrne out on the town. Oh man, best or worst? I mean, I've got a I've got a few stories that Tim will make. He doesn't drink it like as much as he tells stories about. So I think the guys on this podcast, listening to this podcast in the Fancy League, probably have even wilder Tim things than what I can share because I'm like. I've got, like, old man Tim. And Tim's always kind of been old man Tim. We all understand that. But, like, he's actually kind of aging into his personality. Um, I think the the worst part of Tim and his uh, out thing, and he knows this, I give him a hard time about this all the time, is, like, obviously he does not hit on any girls at bars that we go to, right? He uh-huh. just, like, sits there quietly and doesn't do it. And, like, Tim's a great guy. But if he starts drinking, he will – he will start flirting with people in our group or whatever, but not going out there. And I'm always like, Tim, go do something. Like, come on, man. I'm going to live. I'm married. I'm living vicariously through you. And yep. So that's my worst Tim stories out drinking is just like him not looking up from his Instagram or his dating apps and to the hot bartender and hitting on her. Cause Tim's got money. He can throw it around. Yeah. So I like, I'm trying to like do that. So that's my worst part, Tim. My best bar Tim uh, stories is uh, he was dating a girl, and uh, we were out at the uh, bars with him, and my father-in-law asked him, like, are you all uh, married or engaged? And they're like, no. I think it was really awkward. And then <laughs> we, like, Tim got super hammered after, and uh-huh. it was the Michigan State game, and he was just yelling at all the Michigan State fans about them protecting child rapists because <laughs> uh, Larry Nasser. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I remember this. And his girl that he's dating is like very mortified, and needless to say, they broke up pretty uh, soon, if not the day after. 
and uh, my father-in-law, so we always tell Tim, like, my father-in-law, like, broke them up because of his very innocent question, and he just <laughs> spiraled out of control, and they ended up breaking up. So it's one of my, that is one of my favorite Tim stories, because he clearly got hammered to make the situation better for himself. He ended up harassing Michigan State fans, and they should be harassed. Uh, he ended up uh, breaking up with his girlfriend, but it's all right. It all works out. Uh. So. Well, hopefully I got some good sex out of it. I, I don't know. I didn't, didn't ask. <laughs> I didn't ask. Yeah, yeah. Didn't, it didn't pop up. So. Oh, well, we love Tim here. And you asked yeah. me at the very beginning if he has, you know, a good, you know, a, a good vibe within the group. And I would say Tim probably has one of the best. Um, he's definitely a, a linchpin of this group. So, uh, yeah. I knew when, when yeah, so Tim... this is the part that we say like good things about Tim. <laughs> Tim is like he's, he's like I mean he's a legit dude. He's loyal as yeah. hell. He would do anything for you. Like it, it's he's always there for a good text and talking about sports, uh, but also other things. Like he doesn't even really know my brother, but we have like this group message that my brother puts in like these awkward messages in, and Tim like plays along, which is totally fine. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's awesome. He's, he's great to my dogs and my wife and, uh, helping, helping us, uh, with stuff. We were super sad. They moved to Indy. It's so sad that we decided to move to Michigan. So, you know, <laughs> there, here we are. Nice. Yes. And he's so nice. He's actually going to pay for, uh, Rob Crabb's entry into the league this year. Um, because he thought oh. just a little too much of the Chicago bears and their, uh, their win total <laughs> coming in. Uh, is it officially done? Uh, I don't know if it's... could they get there? I don't even know if it's mathematically possible, possible. at this point. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's done, but I'm sure once this podcast comes out, they'll uh, they'll chime in, uh, advising. Like, like, Rob Crab will be all over it. Um, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, that's one of the best things about being a, uh, a friend of any Chicago fan, and especially a guy like Tim from the region. Absolutely. Is, uh, and if, if anyone's ever seen New Girl, Sean, have you seen New Girl? I have not, no. Okay. If, if anyone in the show, and maybe this is not the New Girl audience, but it's a good sitcom. <laughs> you should watch it. But there's a guy named Nick Miller in uh, there, and he's from Chicago, and he's in the show. It's played by Jake Johnson. Tim is Nick Miller, like to a T. And loves everything to do with Chicago, the Bears, the Cubs, all this yeah. stuff. His annual, the Bears are back, baby, and then that spiral that happens is one of my favorite parts of my friendship. Like mm-hmm. it is, it it it's it's game by game, you know. It's it's whatever, and it's weird this year because like they're winning again, and they're like Justin Field kind of looks okay. Yeah. And then the Panthers suck, so they're gonna get the one pick, and. Now I'm going to have to watch his, his mental gymnastics he will do about Caleb Williams and Justin Fields. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great experience. He's going to be so fucking hyped in April. Yeah. So, so jacked up for the NFL. And it, like the Bears are back. He's, yeah. he's going to be ready. And then my like game five when Matt Eberflus and his like Eddie Munster hair is still out there like trying to coach their way out of paper bag like tim's tim's gonna be down again and and saki sorrows tim is a fantastic uh version of tim love him to death that's a beautiful thing yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to lose that for the life of me um <laughs> well we could go on and on about tim burn all day um but uh but 
we'll uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. And I wanted to thank you again for for coming on and sitting with me for God, an hour and forty five minutes at this point. And uh, we will uh, we will talk to you soon uh, about uh, about Jordan Alvarez. I'm sure everyone will uh, will be interested in uh, acquiring that asset from you. Um, any yeah. any last words before we wrap this up? No, I'm excited to get dunked on when I make my first dumbass move uh, <laughs> in, in the group me and all that type of stuff. Because I know I know it will come, but uh, it's all part of a grander plan. And sometimes you have to test your boundaries. And you know, I have a life motto that I'll tell everyone as we sign off, and it's "May the bridges I burn light the way." So you might be being like, "What is this? What is this guy doing?" And I'm just showing you the path to victory. And that's what's that's what everyone just needs to keep in mind. Well, I was looking for a title for this podcast, so I think you just gave me it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk to you soon, everyone. Bye.